Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thank you so much for listening to Yoga Birth Babies. So today is what I'm calling a mini-sode. It is me. I'm the guest. (laughs) Okay, so what we're going to talk about is yoga in the first trimester. I get asked all about this quite often. It's actually one of my most popular blog entries on our Prenatal Yoga Center blog. So yoga in the first trimester, it's a little bit tricky because oftentimes a woman's not sure should she be practicing, should she be telling her teacher, and I think there's a vast amount of opinion about yoga in the first trimester. So some teachers are going to say it's inappropriate to practice during the first trimester, while another teacher can say absolutely fine. You don't need to modify your practice at all until the second trimester. And I think I fall somewhere somewhere in the middle, kind of that middle path. And the reason I think this is because I want to look at the whole body. Now there's also philosophy philosophy of saying if you did anything before, any sort of activity beforehand, you can keep doing the exact same thing. So if you were an advanced practitioner, you don't need to change, or if you're a runner, you don't need to change. Now the thing I think about that is the body changes regardless of what you've done before your pregnancy. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to look at how the body changes, what changes are happening, and then what poses are appropriate to continue to do, and what poses poses you may want to modify. So let's again think about the whole body. And I'm going to start with understanding the hormones of pregnancy because I think that can give some clue into the instability that's created and the flexibility that's created. So this is again why I go to just because you might have had a very advanced practice before pregnancy, it is important to address changes that happen immediately. And one of those immediate things would be the release of relaxin. That is a hormone that is responsible for relaxing the tendons, the muscles, and the ligaments. And this hormone facilitates the birth process by causing softening and lengthening of the cervix and the pubic symphysis. So that's where the pubic bones are attached in the front by a piece of cartilage. So relaxin is released into the body immediately after conception and it peaks at three months and it remains constant throughout labor where there's a significant rise to it. And it actually stays in the body up to six months postpartum. So even though the mom has her baby, there's still going to be um, some softening of the ligaments tendons. Now there's also estrogen that's released in the body and it goes up increases a thousandfold from non-pregnancy. And estrogen is responsible for increasing pliability of connective tissue. So now let's look. So far we've got relaxin, which is softening the ligaments and tendons. And now we have estrogen, which is increasing the pliability of connective tissue, the fascia. There's also some other changes from estrogen, increases blood flow, growth and function of the uterus and breasts, more uh, sodium and water retention, and for many, mood swings. So Now we've already had two hormones that are softening, creating instability. And now we have a third to throw in there, this progesterone. This increases about tenfold from the non-pregnant body. And then again, this has something to do with the instability of the body. It decreases smooth muscle tone of the bladder, the stomach, intestines, uterus, sphincters. So now the smooth muscle tones don't quite have their same grip. And this is why some women end up having acid reflux, because at the base of the esophagus, 
esophagus, the esophageal sphincter, it's not closing completely. That's why a lot of women feel like they've emptied their bladder, but their bladder still feels a little urine in there because it's not emptying completely. It's also responsible for increasing basal body temperature, increases the amount of sodium excreted from the kidneys, and decreases gastrointestinal mobility. So women tend to be hot while pregnant. That has to do with the progesterone. So we've got three hormones that are responsible for the common denominator is that they're creating instability in the body by softening connective tissue, the ligaments, tendons, and smooth muscle tone. So no matter what the mom did prior to pregnancy, even if she had a very advanced practice, her body is changing because of these hormones. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So now let's look at some basic modifications. So here you are in your first trimester. You might feel nauseous. You might feel fatigued. Totally normal. But you've gotten yourself on the mat. First of all, make sure that you don't overstretch. We just talked about those hormones that can create overstretching. We also want to keep in mind that because the first trimester, there's the highest chance of miscarriage, I believe, and again, this is just my opinion, that you want to be more moderate with your practice. This is the time that we want to think of the implantation of the fetus and proper attachment of the placenta. We don't want to overtax and fatigue the body. This is a really delicate stage. So given that, there's actually a few poses that in a a prenatal yoga center we don't do first trimester. And even if you're an advanced practitioner, you still have to be mindful of this. So one of the things that we cut out for first trimester moms are abdominal strengtheners. So at PYC, we do a lot of transverse abdominal work. And that, the transverse abdominus, it's your deepest layer of the anterior abdominals, and they act like a corset. And we do an exercise to find and engage those so when a mom, if she has a vaginal birth, she can use and engage those muscles to to help push the baby down. Fantastic to help support the back. It's one of our main corset muscles, our core muscles. Now, I'm going to go out and say I do not have any data to support this next statement. This is coming more from an emotional place, maybe also from a business owner. But I'm a little skittish about having women that are in their first trimester do this abdominal work. And there's two reasons for that. One, a lot of women feel a little anxious about working the abs. It's a very delicate area. The first trimester, there's the highest incidence of miscarriage. And I did have a miscarriage between my two children. And even though I know this data, I know this information, I teach this, I definitely stepped back and said to myself, and this kind of crazy talk because I know I didn't do this, but even with the knowledge I have, I stepped back and thought, is there something I did? Did I demonstrate? Did I do something? And I blamed myself. 
I know it's something I did not cause, but there was some self-doubt and self-criticism. And I don't want a woman to feel or even question, wow, I did that ab exercise, that engaging, that squeezing the abdominal muscles. Did that do anything? No, I don't think it did. I don't have any data that thinks so. But I'm going from an emotional place that I don't want a woman to blame herself. And as a business owner, I don't want them to blame me. So the abdominal strengtheners, I leave out until after the first trimester. Again, I'm going back to that idea that I want to focus on the implantation of the fetus, the proper attachment of the placenta, and I want to let the core muscles be soft and relaxed. I don't want to work them. Come the second and third trimester, absolutely. We're working those muscles to make sure that mom has the strength and the coordination to push her baby down. All right, let's now talk about prone positions being flat on your belly. So even though the uterus is still quite deep in the pelvis, it's not lifting out, I'm very mindful about not putting direct pressure on their uterus. I think that should be avoided. The one pose, if you're more of an advanced practitioner and you really understand baby cobra, I think if you can ground the pubic bone and really elongate the lower back and activate the legs, you're not actually putting direct pressure on the uterus. Uterus, you're putting more in the pubic bone, but poses like Danyarasana bow pose or a locust pose, that is direct pressure on the uterus, and I think we should avoid that. So get off your belly. Let's look at deep twists. These poses fail fantastic for opening up the upper back, especially if the breasts are getting heavy and mom is feeling fatigued and tired from trudging through that first trimester. Deep twists can be extremely therapeutic. However, for the pregnant body, even in the first trimester, again, I want to keep the uterus soft. I'm going to focus on having the mom twist above the bra strap line, and that's a cue that we're going to continue throughout the whole pregnancy. I also want to be mindful that deep twists, even though there's not much of a belly there in that first trimester, if at all, as we twist deeper and deeper, that can start to create diastasis separation of the abdominal muscles. So I'm setting the stage for some of the poses that we're going to continue with. And deep twist, we leave out and we twist bra strap and above, or you can think above the baby area. Let's look at deep back bends. These poses should also be approached with caution since they can compress the uterus and overstretch the abdominal muscles. And I do believe as we overstretch the uterus, we don't want to disturb the the implantation of the placenta. So I'm not a fan of deep back bends during pregnancy, especially that first, second whole area of trimesters. Jumps and jerky movements. Again, these movements can disturb implantation. And again, when mom is feeling overtaxed and nauseous, she doesn't want to jump around. And now let's start to look at, so those are the asanas that I think we should be mindful of. There is still a ton of other options. You can do most of your standing poses, even a lot of the twisting poses like Pravrita Trikonasana, Rotated Triangle, because we're not twisting so deeply in the belly. You can modify it by maybe instead of having your hand on the inside of the front foot, you can have it on the outside. You know, so you can, I'm sorry, the opposite. <laughs> sorry, that's my tired brain. You can have your hand on the inside, not the outside, so the twist is not quite as deep. 
All right, so now we were looking at, we have our poses that we can modify. We want to tell the teacher that you're pregnant, and hopefully they have some background in this. But let's look at some pranayamas that you can do. So we don't want to hold the breath. We take out the breath retentions. We don't want to do kapalbhati breathing or of breathing that bellows breath. Alternate nostril breathing is fine as long as you don't have the retention. Ujjayi breathing, a lot of moms feel a lot of heaviness in the mucous membranes and kind of a swollen, stuffy feeling. If that's the case, you may want to leave ujjayi out. But in general, when we're thinking about breath and pregnancy, we want a breath that we can start to create a relationship with that can help during pregnancy, during labor. And so most likely mom's not doing ujjayi breathing because that's a heating breath. So I like to focus even deeper on deep diaphragmatic breathing so that mom is able to get the sense that she's moving the body into the rest and relaxed state. She's not stimulating heat because that's not going to be helpful during labor. And many of these can be done first, second, third trimester, labor, postpartum. So again, we're taking out things that are going to cause a lot of forceful movements in the belly and we're taking out things that are going to have retention. And we're thinking a little bit more full body, deep breath to baby. And don't forget when we work on this deep diaphragmatic breathing, it actually can also stretch out the pelvic floor. So that's a really nice side note to our, there are certain pranayamas. So as you embark, my first trimester moms, on your yoga practice, I just invite you to think about the purpose of your practice. That while you might have spent years honing your practice, as we embark on the pregnancy journey, it's not really just about what you did previously. It's about starting to set the stage for how your pregnancy is going to blossom. That you're taking care of your needs, but you're also creating a space for your baby to grow and be healthy and nourish. And we can start with that on the mat. As you get there and you look at your practice, you make decisions and judgment about poses, what's appropriate for you, what's not appropriate. And you can just continue to flourish with that. And then as you make your way back after you have your baby, it's a new body and it can be very exciting to reapproach these poses that you might have left out for a little bit in this new space, in this new mind space. So keep continuing your yoga practice. Be mindful, be moderate, tell your instructor, stay hydrated, but one of the best things you can do for yourself is keep practicing. So thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. And if you have a moment, please take your time and go on to Stitcher iTunes and give us a rating. The higher our ratings are, the more people can find us. And I think we can share more information with each other. Um, I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me on Yoga Birth Babies. Take care. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.